We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good everybody and welcome to the Legend Awards Year in Review. I got my guy Joe Fan in the building. Shouts to Joe. What's good, bro? What's up, brother? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm excited. I'm excited. Thanks for doing this with me. We were planning a little bit ahead for the members of the Patreon. You already heard this, but for everyone else, this is the only episode of the week in between Christmas and the New Year. Gonna recap the whole season. We got the awards that we do. For those of you that know Veterans Minimum, you know when you get called a legend. It's not always the best thing, right? You need to preface. Joe, there's two kind of legends. There's a good legend and a, and a legend legend. Usually the way we write it in the Discord is like all caps legend is like, this guy's a legend. And then there's like Derek Jeter legend, Ric Flair legend. You know what I'm saying? Do you follow? I don't. You give don't? Me, give me the origin of like legend being a bad thing. Because I don't know if, I, I think you're the only person I've ever heard and, and the, the VM crew. Uh ever describe anybody as a legend in a negative light. So what's the origin there? <laughs> so growing up back home, we had, like my group of friends, anytime someone would do something dumb or something happened that was like negative or embarrassing, it's like, yo, this guy's a legend. Right? So it was always meant in like a negative got it. term. So okay. that's why you got to like explain it. Sure. You know what I mean, like if you go out, you go out drinking with your friends and then you wake up the next morning and like you piss yourself and you piss the bed. It's like, oh, this guy, Joe's a legend, man. Did you see what he did yesterday? Why is it me? No, I'm just saying I'm yeah, using no, it as an I example. You. You know? I like, you. I people kidding. do some legendary shit. So yeah, last, right. last year in 2021, my legend of the year was Kyrie Irving. Yeah. With the whole vaccine wow. stuff. I'm only playing home game. I'm not playing home games. So it was like a lot of shit that was going down with Kyrie. That's that, like an annual option. He's like in the legend hall of fame then between yeah. the flat earth stuff. You could pick him again this year if you wanted to go with uh, his ignorance in terms of uh, the anti-Semitic stuff that he's been putting out uh, on social media or at least promoting. I mean, it, he's an evergreen yeah. option. Yeah. Yeah. So good. You're, you're starting to get I the grasp you. of what, what we mean that. Yeah. yeah. That. So dude, I call those people jabronis. Jabroni. Listen, as a big wrestling fan, I'm down with jabroni as yeah. well. I can get down with that. So year in review. Uh, how Which would is you crazy. Say, how would you say 
this year was for you as a sports fan? Like, did you like it? What what stood out to to Joe Fan year in review? Man, I, in general, I can't believe it. I, I feel like I feel this every year. It's it's like, oh wait, Christmas came here out of nowhere, and then of course, I mean, a week after that, it's the new year, mm-hmm. and it's like, wait a wait a minute, like how things just happen so fast this time of year, and it's it's hard to believe it's about to turn to 2023. Uh, it's exciting um, in, in a lot of different respects. Uh, Sports-wise, I'd say it was a, a wonderful year. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of passionate rooting interests beyond like fantasy teams and my bets. Um, the Mariners getting back to the postseason after the, you know, a 21-year playoff drought was pretty exciting. So yeah, I would say compared to other years, uh, 2022 was pretty darn good for me. Yeah, I had a feeling that you would mention the Mariners for sure because I know you were super hyped. You're the only person I know that roots for the Mariners. Yeah, there's not many of us. Yeah, I don't know many Mariners fans, so I I know on social media you were bugging out. It's, uh, it is, um, the Pacific Northwest is isolated. It's up there, up there. You're deep, bro. I mean, there's not much, like you're from, the East Coast, where you can drive for three hours and be in a handful of different states, yep. let alone cities. You got Portland three hours south. You've got Spokane four hours east. Other than that, there's nothing close to Seattle. You got Vancouver, BC, which is cool, two, three hours away up north across the border. But yeah, man, it's, it's isolated. It's pretty gnarly. How would you say 2022 was from a betting perspective for you? Oh, man. I don't know. It all feels the same. Every year feels the same. There are really high ups. There are really low downs. I had maybe my most fun betting experience of all time. Um, that it was almost, it was almost a Hall of Famer. It was, it was still pretty damn good. But the, the divisional round weekend, which, which is one of the craziest weekends, I think, in, in NFL history, in terms, at least recent history. Yeah. Four games, all decided on the last play of the game. Um, I took, I round-robined the money line of every underdog on that weekend. Bengals, Niners, Rams, Bills. Three for three going into the last game. And the Bills are up with 13 seconds left. I took all the twos, all the threes, and all the fours. I took first half and full game. Oh, you went crazy. I mean, I was like 13 seconds away from like a 5K payday. Oh. Uh, and the Bills gave it up. I still, I I hedged after regulation because I was like, I, I've come too far. And I had already made money. When you win three or four in a round robin, especially when it's all plus money mar- uh, yeah. money lines in a parlay, you're already making money. But I was like, I, I'm okay taking some of it down if the Bills end up coming out because I've gotten this far. This is such a ridiculous bet that it's, that's gotten to this place. So I don't know. That's probably my my highlight of, of my betting season. I, I bet big money on Julio uh, Rodriguez to win rookie of the year in baseball. That was a nice payday the end of the baseball season. But um, yeah, the, the start of the NFL season started off brutal. It's been a little bit better of late. I've been a little bit hot the last month or so. Yeah, man. I mean, what was Julio? Julio had to be. I got a six and a half to one. Oh, so, so he was like a big prospect coming in or what? Huge prospect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like so, save, so save you like a franchise type guy. Then once gotcha. it was, you could have gotten him at a bigger number, like before spring training, even into spring training, I waited till it was announced he was on the opening day roster. So I was like, okay, this guy's going to be on the team all year. You're not like kind of 
sitting on a ticket. You don't know when this dude's going to make his debut. Right. Um, which is, I mean, not to go too deep down the baseball rabbit hole, but the, the Orioles star prospect and a former number one overall pick, Adley Rauschman, is a catcher, but he didn't come up until like May or June. So Julio had a whole month and a half of numbers. And this guy, if he's up, he might win the award if he comes up day one opening At the day. same time yeah. as him, right? So I took it then. It was uh, it was a fun bet to follow um, and and certainly was nice to cash when, when it gets announced. It's a big old payday when you put a couple hundred bucks on one of those. Dude. I had one of the worst around the same time because like baseball starts in April. There was a <laughs> UFC card, Joe, where if I made 20 bets, I think I won one. I think you told me about that card. Bro, that was the worst. That was the worst betting experience of my life. You were talking about like <laughs> your best betting experience. Mine was the worst. Dude, it was UFC 272, I think it was. It was Korean Zombie and Volkanovsky. And Joe, no bullshit. I think I made 20 bets. I lost all 20. I destroyed my dad's account because they had uh, match bonuses. So I deposited on there, used that, ran through that bonus, ran through his money, ran through my money. You know, I was like close to like a $2,000 loss that day. It That's was bad. Tough. At one point, my friends was like, yo, what do you like? I was like, dude, don't ask me. Yeah, I, was yeah. like, Every, I was like, yo, fade me. Can you just like, pick the can someone at least win, bro? Because I've just been, I've just been on this card. This, this was me the whole night, just making it right. You were a legend that night. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, here we go. Now he's catching on. Now he's catching uh, on. At least you've ended strong with the Argentina bet. Yeah. And that I'm, helps. And I'm glad that you brought up Argentina. When did you make that bet? How far in advance of the World Cup? It was the day before. So that's Saturday beforehand. And didn't they lose the first game they played? Yeah, and what was interesting was the odds didn't change at all. <laughs> the odds were, I got them at plus 550. They went six to one. So it's not like they dropped to yeah. 14 to 1. It also helped that Poland and Mexico in that group also tied. So like the path for them to still win the group and have the projected path to get to the final was the same. So that's why like the odds didn't change. But I'm glad that you mentioned Argentina and like the World Cup because, dude, prior to this World Cup final, a lot of my answers were different for some of these awards because that final was so legendary and so iconic. I do want to start off with this award first, Game of the Year, because you mentioned what my Game of the Year was prior to this. How could it not be that divisional game between the Chiefs and the Bills? I think that was the game. That was, right? Until the World Cup final. Yeah. When, yeah. when Argentina's up 2 nothing, blows it. It's Mbappe and Messi. A Messi gets it. You know, the, the, the goes to penalties. But not just goes to penalties. A goal from each side in the extra time, in the second extra time. First World Cup final ever that both teams scored in extra time. Yeah, it was just, a, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And so that, to me, now has to take the gold and then you give the silver to, to Chiefs-Bills, which, again, is still the most remarkable football game I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, dude. I mean, the back and forth was wild and the ending to that was crazy. It changed. And I think both endings sort of have like, leave a bad taste in your mouth where Josh Allen didn't get the football in that game. And, you know, I, I think I understand the, yeah, it's tough to end a game like that on penalties. No, you're absolutely right. That's what a lot of people feel because I don't want to say they're 50-50 penalty kicks, but man, it feels like that. Like the pressure of it also like, you take that walk out by yourself. Like, everyone else is watching you, and you just got to go there and, and deliver. And you see, man, sometimes that moment is, is so nuts. And Mbappe, for Mbappe to score three PKs in one game on the same goalie, 
was wild. The answer, I think, is that World Cup, but honorable mention would definitely be especially with Emmy Martinez and how good he was. Yeah, like for everybody else. So you like then you then appreciate Mbappe not missing, right? Because you're like the rest of his team, dude, strong point. fell apart. Yeah, and he yeah. goes three for three, like an easy three for three. Yeah, like convincing too. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. What would you say was your moment of the year in the sports world? Yeah. So again. That game, that World Cup final could encapsulate a number of all these awards. different categories yeah. if you want to break it down with whatever lens that, that we're going to look through for these awards. I think for me, um, A, I already brought it up. The, the Mariners ending a 21-year playoff drought was, was personally a really cool experience. I remember, so I, I pay for MLB TV, but the stupid thing about living in Vegas is that Major League Baseball blacks out all of California, Nevada, not Nevada, uh, Arizona, all of California and Arizona. So there's the every all the Bay Area teams, which are what eight nine hour drive away. I mean, not even close. But somehow they're considered a local team. So A's, Giants, Padres, Angels, uh, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, all considered a local team. So if if the Mariners are playing any of those teams, you can't watch on MLB TV. Damn. Which is so stupid. Because I have a cable package and they, those networks don't exist. And what, don't you play your division 18 times? Yeah, so like that's, that's 36 games. You're yeah. not watching them when they play the A's and the Angels. Correct. Brutal. Oof. And they're playing the A's. And they have to win. If, if they win, they, they, they clinch a playoff spot. And so I, I buy a bottle of champagne. I've got it ready. But I, I can't watch the game at home. <laughs> so I go to Red Rock. And I'm watching this game, and it's it's tied either one one or zero zero, and it's the bottom of the ninth. And um, dude hits a walk off home run, and I'm like screaming at rock. And there's like not really anyone there. It's Friday night, but it's there's not much else going on. It's early in the college football season. There's no marquee games. It's like some Pac-12 after dark stuff. And I'm like, we're going to the fuck. <laughs> Like just the like relief, the, like the the celebration, the relief, the excitement, and I literally had people coming over and be like, I had my jersey on, hat on, and like I don't, I'm kind of like a an endangered species, right? People don't see a lot of Mariners fans out in the wild, so like, like oh shit, that guy likes the Mariners. That's crazy. I've never met one of those, like you said yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. So I had people like I finally sit back down. My buddy's laughing at me. He's like, he's pumped. He's, and I had people come over and were like, yeah, congrats, man. I'm pumped for you. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. Damn. It was fun. So that was. Like, that was a cool sports moment for me. Um, what I think wins the award is the Warriors winning their fourth title. Ooh, okay. I have a little, there's some Warriors loving on this one because too. Because where they were throughout most of the season, and then as great teams do, they figure out a way to turn it on. They're down in that series 2-1. They win three straight games to close it out in six uh, in, in pretty convincing fashion against the Celtics team that, that, was that was their year to do it. Now we'll see if the Celtics can get back. But, um, you know, I think there's been so many moments where um, media, fans, whatever, have written off the Warriors, say, oh, is this it? And we're doing it again right now in the middle of this regular season. But um, between Steph, Steph yeah, I, I'm guessing he's going to win another award for you later. And, and the reason why I put this here is because he deserves mentioning for his greatness. He's the all-time three-point leader. Um, he is in, He is on GOAT status, but like the clutch factor, 
the playoff moments, the signature moments. I mean, all of that. He is truly one of the greats, and he was just absolutely dazzling um, in that finals against the Celtics. Yeah, and also he gets, I mean, I know he won a title without Durant, but then he gets his title without Durant after he left too, right? And the uncertainty of Clay And his first finals MVP. Right. He hadn't which, won that yet. Which was always ridiculous to me how they were holding that over his head. It's like yeah. this dude, like it's never good enough, right? Like dude was a reason, he was the most important player on their teams, but he didn't win NBA finals MVP and they were holding it against him. He's only 34, which isn't that old when you think about it. And he he surpassed the three-point record like two years ago. Yeah. Like and a his season and, and a half. And his game is going to last another four or five years where he's going to be able, because he's a shooter, it's not like he was Russell Westbrook, which he's built off explosiveness. And like once that go, it's, yeah, you're, you're good, but you're not as great as you once were. Where Steph, he shoots. He's always going to be a shooter. Creativity, it's finesse. Yeah, he'll be able to play for fundamentals for a long. I mean, very little of it is explosion. Yeah, you know, it's just his handles are ridiculous. His vision is is his basketball IQ is ridiculous, and then it's just God given ability to shoot the rock. Yeah, he'll be all right. My moment of the year, and you're going to remember this because we talked about it on your show. Leon Edwards head kick. Was that? Against Michael Chandler? That was against Usman. Oh. When Usman was, he was a favorite going into the fight. And Leon with one minute left after they flashed the live odds on the screen with about two and a half minutes left. Sorry. After the fourth round, he gets the pep talk from his corner where he's like, stop being down on yourself, Leon. He's like, come on, man. He's like, you can do this. Yeah. And they show the live odds at the bottom. And it said... Kamaru Usman minus eighteen hundred, which means you have to risk eighteen hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars on Usman. That's how ahead he was in the fight, and Edwards was like plus nine fifty, and he throws the head kick with one minute left, Joe, and it's like shadow realm. It was so good. The moment, the commentary between Rogan and Anik and DC as that's happening, and the entire card was kind of lackluster for a pay per view. It was in Salt Lake. It was the first time that they had a Salt Lake card for a pay-per-view. And you're kind of just watching it. I'm half asleep. I'm doing this show as I'm watching the fight. I'm kind of just like going back and forth. And then you just hear, oh, and we all wide awake, wide awake. And it was one o'clock East Coast time. And we're like, yo, we can't go to bed now. We started drinking again, my friends and I in his backyard. We're just like, yo, how can you go to, how can you go to sleep? And it was my favorite kind of knockout is the one hit, no follow-up. Like, you know, it's a wrap. The guy on the ground knows it's a wrap. You don't go to follow, add insult to injury. There was one of those with Michael Chandler, right? Yeah. Did he like, get popped like, right up the middle into the jaw? Yeah, yeah, on Tony Ferguson. That's right. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, that that might have been a moment of, of the year too because those the memes that came from that. But, dude, Leon, now he's the champ too. And if you know about the history of Leon Edwards, like he had a marquee fight and then COVID happened. Then he couldn't get into the country for so long. And he was always like the dark horse of the division. And for him to just have that, that knockout is going to live forever. Oh, yeah. Like, even if he loses his, his next title fight, which whoever he fights will probably be an underdog because it might be Chemaev or Usman. But it's like, bro, that's going to be iconic. That's going to live forever. So, to me, as a big UFC fan, the Leon Edwards head kick was definitely the moment of the year for me. I dig it. Disappointment of the year. 
So this is another one where I, I know I've make, made you talk baseball a bit and another sport that I know we, we don't necessarily share a passion for is golf. But um, there's no denying that live golf, the Saudi-backed live golf was one of the biggest sports stories of the year. Not just the money that was thrown at it, but the way it has divided the world of golf. And, and maybe there will be a repairing in 2023, the Masters has already announced to like, hey, we don't like Liv, but like we want the best players in this tournament. And there's no denying that Liv golf between just, just Dustin Johnson, uh, I mean, Phil Mickelson's more of a name than a golfer at this point, uh, but Joaquin Neiman, um, they got Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, a, a really solid roster now of guys. They have just thrown crazy amounts of cash to, to get away from the PGA Tour a sport that already struggles with any sort of like casual golf and where like golf is really a four sport or four event a year sport. I mean, people care about the majors. They want the U.S. Open, British uh, the Open. PGA Championship, the Open Championship, British Open, uh, and then the Masters. Like the casual golf fans like, oh shit, majors this weekend. Like I'm going to bet it and and check right. it out on Sunday if it's a good leaderboard. Or if Tiger's in it or too. Or if Tiger's in yeah. it. Yeah. So a sport that was already sort of struggling with an identity crisis. Um, it was just brutal. And, and I'm curious to see where, where it, it goes. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think live golf is ever going to be anything. I mean, I really don't again, for what I just told you about golf in, in general and how little diehard followership or viewership it has. Um, so come, yeah, just to, kind of a bummer. You we watch a golf team. We want to watch the best of the best go against each other, and, and that now there's sort of a a split house. Uh, you know, divorced parents, so to speak. It's um, it's weird. It's weird to me to envision them trying to create something new with a fan base that already is not that big, like you were saying, right? Like you see, like the XFL is coming around. They tried that. The USFL was something they tried to do too, and it's like, dude, it's not the NFL. No one's ever gonna like really care about those things. And like you're saying, you know I mean? I'm not going to pretend to be a golf guy. I know like Tiger Woods and a couple of people that I'll bet on because I see someone post about it. That's as far as like my golf expertise goes to. But if you're saying that golf is already a sport that is hard to market or to get the casuals to tune in, to try to create something new is it's kind of strange. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Again, inherently people are, you know, if if they are a sports fan, they're a fan of a, like a, a specific team far more so than a specific athlete. Now there are athletes that can transcend that, like a Tiger or like a Roger Federer or Serena Williams. But by and large, like yeah, if I watch a golf tournament, I'd like Justin Thomas to win. I don't know if I'm. I don't wake up being like, how Justin Thomas do. Mm, oh, I got to watch saying. tournament, watch Justin Thomas. Um, so, yeah. I mean, then, then you now you have majors that don't have Cam Smith, who's the second best golfer in the entire world. Joaquin Neiman, one of the biggest rising stars. Dustin Johnson, Abraham Anser, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, big names that you'd want to see in the field for the Masters. And so it's good to see that they will be there. Um, and I'm curious to see where this storyline goes. But, but yeah, I mean, certainly a seismic shift um, in happening in, in the sport. Something similar had went down in soccer too, where they tried to make the the Super League. The Super League, yeah. When people were and fans pissed. rioted. Yeah, yeah. The fans are the ones that turned it. And again, the difference is 
is that these fans are going to go to the grave in their Man City jerseys. So they don't want to see Man City leave the EPL for a Super League. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. My biggest disappointment, bro, is Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady coming back, he left on such a high note, dude. Because if you think about it, yeah, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but it would have been perfect for him to retire after the Rams game last year because it was a typical Tom Brady performance, Joe. He comes back down 27-3. He, he ties the game, and then, you know, Cooper Cup runs wild, and, and, and Matt Gay goes on to hit the field goal, and they lose. But it's like Brady wasn't the issue there. Like, Brady leaves, yo, I just made this iconic once again. I hit him with the Brady. Yeah. Yeah, I just left too much time on there for Stafford. And you came back. You left on such a high note. You retired, and everyone was praising you. All the posts went out. Everybody was mentioning, you know, the goal. Like, that's not in discussion or anything. But you come back this season, and between the injuries to your whole team, and you went through the divorce, and, like, your family's in shambles now, to come back for a 7-10 and 10 team, 8-9 and nine team, which, all right, you might make the playoffs because your division is awful. But, like, this is what you want to be remembered by, and this is what you gave up, and you're jeopardizing. like. The last thing, that's why I love my favorite UFC fighter, Joe, is uh, George St. Pierre. He left on top. Habib left on top. It's like, dude, you never want to be a parody of yourself. Drew Brees, the last like two and a half seasons, was not the Drew Brees that was throwing 5,000 yards and we were saying is an MVP candidate and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's like, you never want to be a parody of yourself. And it's just been disappointing seeing Brady, even in the games that they won or that they came back, like even the Saints game, he played horrible. Mark Ingram just steps out of bounds. They don't pick up the first down. And you're just like, oh my God, I live bet the Bucks that day. I was like, yeah, that's just a bad sign to step out there when Mark Ingram did. So to me, it's just been disappointing what's happened with Brady. I think the most disappointing part of it is they lost his family in the process. Yeah, that's what I I'm mean, saying. Yeah, yeah. That's just, I don't know. I mean, it breaks my heart a little for him, you know, that he has this obsession of being the man in the arena and he quite literally can't let it go. There's something tragic to that. And I'm not saying that we all need to feel sorry for Tom Brady, who has, well, depending on how much he lost in crypto, um, <laughs> he is doing just fine and will be just fine. But, but he has a family and he has kids and he has, you know, a woman who stood by him for a long time and she finally drew a line in the sand. And I don't necessarily look at, at Brady and, and blame him because clearly it's just, it, it's, it is his, he cannot be away from it. Um, you know, the, 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 to be on the field, to be in the locker room, to be at practice, to be a part of all of that is such, I mean, it's, it's a level of sort of like insanity that we can't relate to. Like, I can't relate to the, the mom mentality. I don't have the mom mentality. I want to mm. sleep in until at least seven. I'm not trying to get up at four and go get a thousand <laughs> shots up and whatever. Like, I, not many people do. Even the right. hardest of working people don't have that in them. You know, like you watch that, it's like rare, the yeah. dream team. The Dream Team uh, documentary on Netflix where yep. all these guys are like, he's doing what? So like, but we, Tom, we just came back from the club, But like bro. Tom is that, like that. Yeah. So I don't want to sit here and say I can relate to it. So I get what you're saying. It is a disappointment that we're sort of seeing a shell of Tom Brady out there now. Although he is still remarkably productive and what I think is just a, a bad team in general. To me, it's just that the stuff with the divorce is nasty and it splits up families. And, and that makes me sad for him. I don't know how he's doing. He might be fine. He might be all good, but 
yeah, I think it's a great call by you. Let's pivot to legend of the year. I got a good one for you. Mine's a- chalky. Ooh. Go ahead. I got Russell Wilson. Wow. Is that what you got? No. But uh, I like it a lot. I mean, dude, first of all, it's been a nightmare. So good. It's been a, like not a legend for getting the bag, right? He got paid. He's going to be chilling. I'm sure he's very, very satisfied with his contract. I'm also sure that Bronco fans yeah, he's got, are not. He's got 12 bathrooms in his house. He's good. <laughs> yeah, he's chilling there. But I think Russell Wilson, legend of the year. It's been a disaster in Denver. His old teammates from Seattle, no one says anything nice about him. Just completely trash him left and right. Uh, kind of seems delusional also with the Broncos country. Let's ride. Like still, it's like, dude, you guys can't pick up first downs. And it's just been weird, man. And they have talent. Like I like the roster that Denver has. Like I like Sutton. I like Judy. I like Hamler. Their offensive line is is not great, but it's not bad. But also him in Seattle, he didn't always have the greatest off, uh, offensive lines also. It sucks that Javante Williams went down. But there was so much excitement for Denver. And I was talking about this on the show last week with my buddy Alan, my co-host, how I have a video that I put out that got like 25,000 views. And it was like the AFC West coming into this season is the best division of all time. It's like, you know, at the time we were recording all this stuff, it's, they had four of the 15 best quarterbacks in the league, arguably. They had the tightest division odds of everyone else in the league. They, the Raiders with the biggest long shot at like 40 to one, where other teams had like 200 to one odds in the division. And you had teams that made the playoffs last year and the Raiders and the Chiefs. You had all the hype with the Chargers, Russ coming over to Denver. They're, they're doing the Stafford comparison, him going to the Rams and then Brady going to the Bucks. It's like, dude, it's just been a nightmare in Denver. And he just seems to like Broncos country, less rides. So to me, I think legend of the year is Russell Wilson. I think it's a great call. I don't think he has any sort of grip on reality. I think he has gotten so deep into the character that is Russell Wilson that he doesn't have like any sort of like, there's nothing grounding him anymore. And he would tell you it's his faith and it's, I don't, I don't think Russell Wilson's an evil person. I don't think he's a bad dude. I don't think anyone would say that. But, but it's like have a little bit of self-awareness. Have some ability to read the room. When everything that you were putting out, like he needs someone on team three that can say, hey, Russ, this will not be received well. This stupid Subway commercial is going to, you're going to get absolutely obliterated for it. And so I think everyone knew that Russ was sort of like a, a different cat. Certainly everyone in Seattle did. Certainly I did covering the team. And then just kind of watching the Seahawks and being a Seahawks fan when he came in the league and all that. I was actually an intern for the Seahawks his rookie year in 2012. Oh, damn. Um, Isn't it weird, though, when a guy leaves a team and everyone trashes him? Like, you've seen guys leave te- Like, Tyreek Hill, he left, went to Miami. I don't want to say he trashed Mahomes, but it was more so like praising Tua, and it got misinterpreted as oh, yo, he hates Mahomes. Mahomes wasn't that good kind of thing. But like, dude, you've had the wide receivers come out in Seattle. You've had all the LOB guys, you know, Richard Sherman. All these guys have just been like, man, you know, we, we like what's happening in Denver and seeing him suffer. Because I think that he's already sort of like a hard dude to relate to. Like he's just, he's not like just one of the boys. Let's go grab a drink. Let's kick it, whatever. Like he... He's sort of dorky, doesn't have a lot of swag, whatever. But then all of a sudden he becomes this sort of like, 
media mogul. He's, he's married to Sierra. He's got this whole new wardrobe and shtick and kind of fabricated persona that I just think turned a lot of people off. And, and yet you can get away with it when you're one of the best quarterbacks in football. I mean, you can do whatever the hell you want. Good point. But the patience and tolerance for all of that is just completely evaporates when you're playing like garbage. And when you get paid 165 million guaranteed of, of that contract before you step on the field and then you step on the field and you are comprehensively terrible. I know your coach sucks. I know you got a lot of injuries, but, but Russ has been bad. I mean, the regression has been immense. And then you still want to throw out the corny lines, the, the social media stuff, whatever, just turns people off. And, and even when like Mike Purcell is yelling at him on the sideline, like that's like sort of like an out of nowhere moment where like instinct kicks in and you're like, am I going to get in this guy's face or am I going to deescalate? Am I going to walk away? But there's like a pause where there's no reaction. He just like takes it. Like he's trying to process of like, what would movie character Russell Wilson do in this situation? And so it, it just it comes off as inauthentic because it's it's such it feels so marketed and and crafted and created rather than just like oh this is just who he is like right like Rogers is a weird dude Aaron Rodgers is a weird dude and a lot of people don't like Aaron Rodgers but like I think very clearly this is like who this guy is I mean he's right. authentically just a weirdo yeah where Russ feels like he was sort of created in the lab in a PR meeting. Yeah, but I also think the the Rogers stuff had to do a lot with the pandemic and his stance on like the vaccine because I don't remember Rogers getting as much hate as he did until after that. Regardless of the hate, I just mean in terms of I mean look at the guy's beliefs. I mean listen to some of the interviews of teammates talking about him. I mean, the, the new tattoo he got, the the I mean it, it, he's just an interesting dude. Um, but he's, yeah, he's I think another Ro one like Greg Jennings. He left the team and then just completely just slandered Aaron Rodgers yeah. also. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams wanted out, was sick. He chose Derek Carr over Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Russell Wilson's a great one. There's a lot of layers to it. <laughs> uh, before we get to Athlete of the Year, what would you say was the biggest storyline? I got of? my legend. Oh, oh, shit. I forgot it. Yeah, okay. Let's go. This is chalky, but if you remember, second day of the year, January 2nd last year, Antonio Brown takes off his jersey. Oh, yes. And, this is and walks off in the middle of the game and bounces, like leaves the locker room, leaves the stadium, picks up like an Uber and is gone. He did that against the Jets. I remember that. In New York with the Bucks. That was the last time we saw him on the field. And then his full, I mean, it's, you could go through the whole year of him being but the legend the banger, of the year. Bro. He, got, he got that song. And, that shit on. Oh, that, yeah. That's a good song. And he tweets out like, my <laughs> only regret of my entire NFL career was I never got to see myself play live. Oh, man. I could only go back and watch the tape. Uh, that's, uh, I, think, I think Kanye said that too. Kanye, Kanye said my biggest regret yeah. was I, yeah. I, I never got a chance to see me perform. They are both <laughs> very much in the, the cut same, from the yeah, same yeah. cloth. Um, oh, man, the AB. And he's so a couple right. weeks ago, he's having more legal troubles. What, I mean, Every he, week. Is, he, is, he is very much in the Kyrie Irving, it's an evergreen pick for legend of the year. Damn, I defer to you, bro. That's that's the that's the answer. That's the answer. How did I not think of AB? Oh my god, that's horrible, dude. One of my buddies was in the fantasy playoffs, and he had AB in his lineup. He ended up winning, but he texts me 
and he goes, you're not going to believe what Antonio Brown did. That was crazy. <laughs> he's like, yo, I'm not making this up. He FaceTimed me. My, my buddy Danny FaceTimed me. He's like, bro, he took off his, he took off like his top. He took off everything. His shoulder pads. He's just. And again, the fact that Mike Tomlin kept it together for what? However many years with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio yeah. Brown in the same locker room was yep. remarkable. All right, what's next? We have a sweet storyline, you said? Yeah, storyline. Okay. I'm going to go St. Peter's first 15 seed to ever make it to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. Okay. That was crazy. They beat Kentucky. Uh, they beat Purdue. Um, as of someone who I think arguably my favorite sporting event of the year is that tournament. Mm. Um, uh, and- I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't like college sports. I'm not a college sports guy. I don't bet on it. However... The opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. So fun. I'm locked in. I know nobody. I only know like the big name schools. Don't know any players. But I'm, I'm tuned in and I, I'm fascinated by it. So I like that call. Yeah. And then I, I think when well, we don't have to get into it. I don't know if I really want to get into it. But it's worth mentioning one of the biggest storylines of the year was Brittany Griner's yeah. arrest in Russia. Yeah. I mean, you just can't tell a story of the year without it. I mean, like, the United States literally had to trade a war criminal <laughs> whose nickname is the Merchant of Death to get... Brittany Griner back on U.S. soil. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely... Nutty, that's, that's definitely a nutty a, story. Yeah, that's definitely... Anytime a, sports athlete become international incidents. Yeah. Yeah, and then politics get involved in it too. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely that's definitely the storyline. I, I like to stay away from topics like that. Also, because I'm not really super familiar with it for the most part. But I wanted to say the storyline for me, dude, and this is a complete troll job because I have a lot of friends that are Yankee fans. But the fact that the Astros won the World Series especially after all the slandering of, oh, they cheated and they beat the Yankees on the way there too. They swept them. Yeah. Oh, that was, dude. They swept them on the way there. Poetic justice. It was just perfect. Like the storyline of them getting to the World Series, they go through the Yankees. Like you said, they swept them. Then uh, Dusty Baker, who I feel like Dusty Baker, even for the casuals like me, it's like he's such an iconic manager and he's been... He's been around forever. Like my whole life. To lifetime, finally get one. To finally get yeah. one is cool. Like I, I like seeing greatness be achieved. Like that's a, I, I got, I mean, I was financially invested in Argentina, but like when Argentina won the World Cup and like Messi finally got It's very one, similar. I mean, different scales, obviously, right, right, but, right. but it's the same sort of good for Dusty. Right. Like there's a feel good moment, even if you're not, like I didn't bet on the Astros. I didn't bet on that World Series at all. I'm not an Astros fan, but it was just cool to see like a guy who, has been around to finally get one. I think was a was a cool moment. So is your me, fa- like most of your family and friends Mets fans? My entire family Yankee fans, except for my uncle, okay. who used to take me to games Shea Stadium when I was younger, and kind of like fucked up my whole career path with the uh, Mets are fandom. nutty right now. There's Uncle Steve, baby. <laughs> uncle Steve is he's pulling me in. It's gonna be he, a Mets podcast next year. I'm telling you. Oh right my now. goodness, it's making it rain. And dude, you know what's crazy? I saw uh, Carlos Correa. Yeah. At UFC. Oh, did you really? He's a big UFC fan. And he was, I mean, from here to the wall outside was how far he was. Yeah. And it was like, yo, Carlos. And he's like, dude, the deuce is up. And I was telling my buddy who, uh, shouts to Tony, we went to the event together. I was like, man, I should have taken a picture with him. And then I would have been trolling and flexing on Instagram. Like, yo, I'm the one that convinced him to come to the event. That's Not that 300 plus million didn't convince him. Well, he took less money and a year less to, to leave... To, to leave, I mean, just juking yeah. the, the Giants to, to go to the, the Mets. is Yeah, it was crazy to wake up to. 
That story. Athlete of the year. Um, I'm going to go Lionel Messi. Okay. Um, I mean, we, we've talked long and hard every, every from the diehard soccer fans to the casual soccer fans that the Ronaldo versus Messi debate, in my opinion, is over. Yeah. I do think it's worth noting in Ronaldo's favor that Portugal isn't anywhere near the powerhouse that Argentina is. Even so, um, I have always loved the mastery and the, the magic and the brilliance of Messi. There's always felt to be the, the creativity of it. Uh, he's like the Brian Westbrook to Cristiano Ronaldo's Derrick Henry, if if I can make a cross-sport comparison. That probably doesn't hold a lot of water, but but I have just always been in awe, jaw-dropping uh, sort of reactions to what Messi, the Messi magic. Um, and so I, yeah, I'm I'm pumped for him. That's a that was cool to see. As a, as I would I would absolutely call myself a casual soccer fan, not a diehard, but but I was pumped to see. I would have had Steph here until a week ago. I mean, that's what I have here, right? Like Steph Curry and Messi. I there think those go. are those are the the answers for 2022. And the thing with Messi and dude, yeah, he's he's such an iconic name. He set the record, the most liked social media posts ever. It passed that. Remember that uh, world record egg a couple of years ago that <laughs> everyone was saw on Instagram. There was this egg, just a picture of an egg. And at the time, I think uh, Kylie Jenner had like the most liked Instagram post of all time. And then it rings a bell. They did this egg and it was a troll job. It's like, let's get more likes than Kylie Jenner. And it was just an egg and it had the record. It had like 55 million likes. And Messi's picture of him holding up the World Cup, his slide got the most likes ever, like on any social media platform, which is crazy. Is this. The, uh, like the real, which one is it? It's oh, the one of one. that one right there. Yeah. I think it's like close to 70, 70 almost 71 million. Yeah, most liked Instagram post of all time. Wow. And it, he didn't ask for it. Right. Like the world record egg thing was like a real, it was a troll job. Like people yeah. literally went, they were sending it to everyone. Like, yo, send this to your friends, have them like it. And for Messi to go on to do it, it just shows you like the magnitude of that. And, and just to deliver, dude, like. To me, that's why also segueing into the last thing, like sport of the year for me is soccer. Anytime there's a World Cup, more so than a Euro Cup, like the World Cup, it's it's in the name, right? Like it's a global event. Is There's uh, billions of people are watching it. And when you have two iconic names and two iconic teams, like France has been an iconic soccer power, Argentina, and then the lineage of the number 10. They have Messi. Like it's rare where we finally get to see a GOAT debate just be nailing the coffin. Yeah. It's a wrap. And we got to I want to talk to you about soccer for a quick second. Yeah, let's do it. Because like, I, I want to love soccer. There's so much bullshit about soccer that like, I can't get behind. I get so sick of. Like there's, we talk about unwritten rules in sports and there's a lot in baseball that are stupid and antiquated and makes it so annoying to like really love the game when you've got little petty things like, you know, oh, you can't bat flip a home or you don't bunt when you're ahead late in the like all this stupid stuff. In the NFL, you don't run up to score. In basketball, same thing. You don't you don't shoot in the final seconds when you've already got the game sealed. Or, or the or dunk, go dunk you see guys get. Or go yeah, dunk yeah. or whatever. In soccer, there's so much that just is like accepted by players and teams and fans of I mean, it's the it's the the flopping, the diving, how so much of the game is now predicated around just trying to get a penalty. 
rather than trying to just score in their run of play. Um, it's at the end of the World Cup when the, the ball is going out of bounds, the entire like group of Argentinian reserves are standing there practically on the field. Ball goes out of bounds, they take it and they kick it behind them. It's like, what are we doing? And it's just like accepted by soccer fans and by soccer teams. And like I have I don't understand why that stuff isn't policed within the sport more regularly because I think every casual soccer fan watches this as like, I want to love it, but like, this is objectively dumb. And the dude is either screaming bloody murder. Yeah. And he's fine. It's yeah. Like, how did that become such an accepted practice to where players can't look at this guy and be like, how can you respect yourself? Yeah. yeah. Get your ass up. <laughs> what are we doing? It's not very sporting to right. me. It's too trying to um, change the outcome or, or sell a referee something or whatever. And that, that doesn't see, seem sporting to me when it comes to just trying to win a game. I'll tell you this. As a soccer fan who I watch soccer, I love soccer. It's my first love. I like to say football is my side chick where soccer is my first love. It pisses me off too. But what you see now is that there are more yellow cards given out. You do have VAR, which is very polarizing VAR. I'm a fan of it because there are certain plays where you get asked out on calls because the referee, like, it's a human element. You do need some virtual assistance. And it happens so fast. And if guys are actively <clears throat> selling a little contact, VAR is mandatory. Yeah, you need to have that. And the way it's policed is there's like gamesmanship, right? If you're there flopping, you're going to add extra time to stoppage time. But then also, eventually what happens is you'll see there's like an unwritten rule of, all right, Joe's down. We're on opposite teams. Joe is down. I kick the ball out of bounds in order for you to get treatment. Well, if Joe is doing that three, four times, you know what I'm not doing next time I have the ball? I'm not kicking it out of bounds. It's like you need to understand that there's that aspect of the game too. I think with soccer, it always you always see people when major tournaments come around, they get invested in it. I, I hope people stay and do follow it. I understand it's very difficult because you have the Premier League, you have Champions League, you have your own. It's, it's a lot of shit to take in. It's right? really hard to follow. It's very hard. And also us in the West Coast right now, which I love saying, by the way, another shout out to 2022. You got to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, bro, to watch a Premier League game. It's like, I'm not trying to do that on a Saturday after I went out Friday night. So soccer. But even then, you've got all these random international cups. You've there's, got there's the too FA much. Cup in, in England. You've got Champions Leagues. And there's so much. It's kind of like boxing where there's like so many different organizations yeah. and belts. It's impossible to follow. Yeah, it's just it's just too much. It's too much going on. It's cool when people come around for the major tournaments because it's awesome and you get to see like the nationalism, patriotism for sure being displayed too. Like, dude, four million people were out in Buenos Aires. It's crazy. I don't know how many people yeah. are in Argentina, but it's a, it's a huge but amount. Dude, of even like Iran in that game against the U.S., they probably win that game if they are not playing for a penalty. Yeah, the chances they had down the stretch, but you can see the the ball's put in dangerous spots. Dude's not even looking to score. It's it's selling contact and sure, and then then go yell at the referee for. It's like that's just I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy that the, the U.S. won that game because I think it was it was just it was some justice in that 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 it wouldn't have been well earned if Iran did win that. Um, anyways, 
that's a, a, a tangent. I yeah, appreciate we could, you letting we me could, go down. No, nah, that's fine. I like it when it when it's a, a sport that I deeply love and it, seeing the passion from you was awesome. But this was the year in review. We do need to wrap up. Shouts to everyone that listened throughout the year. Uh, year to year, we've been growing as a show and I appreciate everyone that continues to listen, support, tag us if you're listening. Joe, you've been on a bunch of times this year. I can't thank you enough as well. Looking forward to connecting again in 2023 and doing some more stuff. But tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, on uh, on Twitter at Joe underscore fan. You can find my work at winbet.com, seattlesports.com. Uh, not a hard dude to find. Man, it's, it, 2022 has been great. We got to connect. Um, it's certainly been a, a, a kind of an interesting year for the both of us in terms of transitions yep. we've made, pivots we've made. I, I moved to Vegas in 2020. No, I didn't. I moved to Vegas 2021. But things changed the way in 2022 where the show went away and now I'm writing and now, you know, we're sort of both finding our way here in Vegas and it's been a lot of fun and a lot of people that we've met uh, along the way. But pumped to have you here. Um, pumped to watch more fights with you in the future. I mean, another cool thing about 2022 is I certainly have gotten deeper in the fight game than I ever have been before. Certainly attribute 100% of that to you. Um, I actually was just going through the UFC website and looking at, like what the events are up next. If there's anything worth watching or what I'm excited about, but March, March, um, we got back to back weekends in March, bro. So yeah, dude, I, I appreciate uh, you know you as well, and you came on my show a bunch, and we've had a number of really fun conversations. So always fun hopping on the mic, and uh, cheers to more in 2023. At Nick Day is ten is you can find me. Happy New Year, and we'll catch you guys in 23. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com